pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you on this 4th of July weekend for your ultimate sacrifice on the cross and for the freedom that has come to each and every person here. Help us to use that freedom to move from here today to share your gospel with the whole world. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Good morning. My life has been a little bit crazy and chaotic lately. It's definitely been a life on the move. I, uh, after vacation Bible school, I got on a plane with 16 high school kids and three other adults to Honduras for an amazing uh, nine-day trip to work with Urban Promise. And you'll get to hear many stories over the next uh, few months about uh, how it impacted the high school uh, students from our church and the leaders as well. And now um, I'm here until uh, Tuesday evening, and then I'm heading to Brazil. My sister-in-law is getting married in Rio, so my life is definitely uh, one on the move. Well, this morning, I'm going to tell you a few stories from a mission trip, but I also want to talk to you about this whole idea of movement. But I want to begin by telling you a story, uh, what happened to me, and this is a true story because it's not going to sound true, but... I signed up for a first aid and CPR class because I had to be a lifeguard. And if anybody's ever taken one of those courses, you know that it's not always just super exciting. A lot of times you're sitting there watching videos and very, uh, very bored, even though you should be paying attention because this is life and death kind of stuff you're learning. Well, in this particular class, I remember, I don't know if the air conditioning had gone out, but it was super hot and I'm sitting in the back, and the girl three rows in front of me in the middle of one of the videos on trauma, her head goes to the side, and she passes out and lands on the floor. The entire class freezes, like, what do we do? None of us had really been paying attention, right? So then I kind of cracked a joke as the girl was fine. They revived her to the girl next to me and said, you know, gosh, I guess we hadn't learned that yet. And, you know, she was kind of laughing and leaning back in her chair Her chair falls down and she hits her head on the floor. True story. Then we had to get an ice pack for her. But, you know, overall, it was a big lesson in that just because you learn stuff in your head doesn't mean you always know how to react when a real crisis comes. So oftentimes in life, we're filled with information, but many of us don't know how to act on that information, how to carry it out. Can you relate with that? I'm sure we've all had times. Maybe a class we took or a situation, maybe the first time you had a baby and you're holding the baby and you thought to yourself, now what do I do? But I believe that our lives uh, were meant to be more than soaking information. I believe our, our lives on many levels are about putting into practice what we know. And when we don't do this, our lives become stagnant. We feel stuck. We get in a rut. Or maybe we have that midlife crisis that everybody talks so much about. Well, this is going to date me, but in 1991, when I was in college, one of my favorite movies was Point Break. And just to show you how old I are, they've already made a remake of that movie. But uh, there's a great line where Patrick Swayze, who's the bank robber, surfer, kind of inspirational guy to the bad guys, he has this line that talks about this very stagnation that uh, he thinks we all should fight against. Let me, let me read you his quote. He tells his fellow bank robbers, do you realize that we have hit 30 banks in three years and they haven't been able to touch us? And all this does is up the stakes of the game. 
This was never about the money for us. It was about us against the system, that system that kills the human spirit. We stand for something to those dead souls inching along the freeway in their metal coffins. We showed them that the human spirit is still alive. Well, fortunately, you and I don't need to rob banks when we leave here today to experience the kind of life uh, that is free from stagnation. See, I believe that the following Christ brings us to full life, brings us to life and life to the fullest, not just eternity, but in the here and now, that we can live lives that get us moving, that take us out of stagnation. See, the Christian life was never meant just to be a theory or set of uh, beliefs that's head knowledge. It's a message that needs to be shared. It's kingdom values that need to be demonstrated and put into practice. A commentary that I go to very often is the NIV commentary by Daryl Bach. And when he was talking about a passage from our gospel reading about Jesus sending, he writes these words about how active and how much motion needs to be in our Christian faith. He says this, We belong to a 2,000-year heritage of ministry. We contribute to a battle to reverse the presence of evil in the world. We partake in a relationship with the Lord of heaven and earth. We experience the blessing of forgiveness that only he offers, a blessing that comes to those who see Jesus. Two thousand years may have passed, but the greatness and uniqueness of that blessing never fades. See, we are part of a faith where we get to contribute, partake, experience, to understand forgiveness and to share that with other people. It's a dynamic faith. It's not a stagnant faith. In today's gospel reading and Paul's letter to the Galatians, we have a blueprint for getting us moving in the right direction. But it begins with the why, the why we do anything as Christians. Ken Wisner introduced me to a book called Leaders Ask Why. And uh, it, it was kind of a great lesson in thinking about why we do what anything that we do. But for Christians, the cross of Christ is the why. It is the why that has inspired the church 2,000 years ago. In Paul's letter to the Galatians, which we read earlier, Paul writes this, But far be it to me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. The cross is what brings us confidence. The apostles not only saw Jesus die on the cross, they saw him rose again, and they were changed people. They were transformed people because of the cross of Christ. Earlier in Galatians, Paul writes, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The cross changes our identity. It gives us a purpose. In his letter to the Corinthians, Paul writes, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Freedom, identity, newness. This is what the cross brings to us. It is the fuel that propels us to move as Christians. James says that faith without works is dead. And it is not that we are saved by our works. It is that faith in Christ moves us to action. By definition, faith is not just sitting there taking in information. It's taking in and giving out. It is not esoteric. It's not some secret knowledge for a few. It brings us a message to share to a world that desperately needs to hear the hope that Christ brings. When we were in Honduras, we got to go to a church uh, in the middle of the country. Their projector was uh, broken, and we had to sing songs in Spanish. And since 
none of us were very proficient in Spanish. We were kind of, you ever mumbled words? We're kind of like, oh, da, 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 you know, doing that. And uh, we, uh, there was one song that we had sung the year before when we were there. And uh, one of the main lines was Libertad, which means freedom. So that's what we did very passionately. Every time they said Libertad, we were throwing our fists in the air and getting very excited. But this church encompassed this very thing that I was talking about. They loved Jesus. They were a church that understood that the gospel brought freedom. Matter of fact, the church was half empty that uh, night because half of the church was on a mission trip to Guatemala. They didn't have, they didn't have much money, but they used the resources to share this gospel, to share the message of the cross with others. And when we think of this libertad, this liberty, the freedom, we can't help but thinking about the 4th of July. For all those soldiers, those people that have laid down their lives for our country so that we can sit here today in comfort without persecution. Well, Jesus did the same thing on the cross for us. He died for our sins so that we could have life, so that we could have freedom from sin, so that we could have freedom to know each other and that we could have a purpose in life with a message to share. When we were on our mission trip at the different camps, I was at Camp Hope one day. We had Camp Hope and Camp Agape. And three of the girls uh, had the task one day of sharing uh, the gospel with the kids, and they used the story of Noah's Ark. And it was great because I completely backed out and just let them uh, do their job, and they did amazing, much better than I would have. It was McLaren, Sophie, and Anna, and it was just interesting as the kids, with the help of a translator, uh, hung on to every word they were saying as they shared that God loved them, that God had a plan for their life. This message of the cross, although it happened 2,000 years ago, it is the fuel that drives the church. It is the beginning. It is our hope. It is the power that gets us moving in our Christian lives. So now that we're fueled with this message of the cross, where do we go? Well, we are on a mission to go and participate in building God's kingdom. See, Jesus did not give, just give sermons and tell people to take notes on all his salient points. He modeled what he talked about. He loved people that no one else loved. So when he said love others, he demonstrated that. He demonstrated that his message was all about forgiving people for their sins and bringing them freedom, freedom to the captives. He demonstrated that when he talked to the woman at the well. Countless stories of the Gospels of people healing people, of bringing people back to life so they could experience the freedom that comes from knowing Christ. Jesus is our model. So the disciples, having seen Jesus model this, when he sent the 72 out, they had success. Because it wasn't just head knowledge. They'd seen Jesus do it. They got to help in healing people. They got to bring the gospel to people. They were so excited when they came back. Jesus reminded them that the harvest was plentiful, but the workers are few. They, they had the opportunity to share in this gospel message. There's no better way to learn something than to act on it. This message is much bigger than us, fortunately. As we go out and he sends us to go share this message to the world, it's not just us telling us our story. A matter of fact, Paul in Galatians warns about this. He warns us that if it's all about us, it's going to corrupt. But if it's led by the Holy Spirit, it's going to bring eternal life to other people. 
We don't have to rely on ourselves. We have to rely on the Spirit. And when we share our lives, it will not bring corruption. It will bring a sustainable, eternal life to others. The harvest is plentiful. The great thing about the story about 72, it wasn't just an isolated incident. The apostles, after they saw the resurrected Christ and they saw him uh, ascend into heaven and the Holy Spirit came on them, they continued this message of sending. And slowly the church began to grow. Until today, 2,000 years later, there's over 2.2 billion Christians, largest faith community in the world. The Christian faith is a sending faith. It's an active faith. We get the opportunity to sow something that is eternal, something that will last, something that is sustainable. We got an opportunity to do this in Honduras as we shared the gospel with kids and learned and grew from them. We have people in this church that are not just doing it globally, but are doing it regionally. For example, at the Allendale Prison, where they're bringing hope to prisoners. And I recently went there, and the prisoners gave a lot of hope to me, as many of them are deeply committed to Christ in their lives. And then we have people that are doing locally by sharing with their neighbors the good news, by helping with the food bank. See, a healthy church that embraces the kingdom values understands that we need to do it globally, regionally, and locally. When we get that mindset, it takes us out of stagnation. It takes us into movement. It takes us into the message that Jesus wants to be delivered. And as we're doing this, as we're following Christ as we're being fueled by the message of the cross and uh, we're building up God's kingdom, we can't help but have stronger relationships with each other. Oftentimes in unhealthy uh, Christian communities, people are so focused on the mission that there's collateral damage with each other. We've got to save the kids. We've got to save this person. And yet oftentimes they're very mean and cruel to each other. But I believe if we're truly touched by the cross and changed by that new life that comes in Christ, that we understand our purpose, we can't help but love each other and care about each other deeply. I noticed this on our mission trip. A matter of fact, uh, with that whole noticing thing, I gave an award to one of the girls on the trip. I called it the noticing award. You see, on the trip, she was at the other camp, Camp Agape, and there was a, a boy that wasn't part of the camp, but, and he was blind, he had a disease when he was four months old, and it, um, it was like water on the brain, and it caused, uh, um, it caused him to be permanently blind. This girl, uh, Lexi, noticed this boy and spent a lot of time with him, had him participate in the crafts. We did a Polaroid shoot of all the kids, so they had a little Polaroid picture with a Bible verse on it. She took a picture of him to go show his mom. He was so excited. But what I noticed about this, to keep using the word noticing, is when we came back at the end of the day to tell our stories that the kids I brought were noticing each other. They were paying attention. They weren't just stuck with their cliques or their small group of friends they felt comfortable with. Doing mission, sharing the message of the cross with other people, helped them to notice each other better. The second thing it did, we learned to carry each other other's, others' burdens. In Galatians, Paul talks about in our passage today, to carry each other's burdens. Half of us got sick with some uh, sort of nasty uh, Central American stomach virus. It lasted, went through us pretty quick. But people were asking each other, how are you doing? Giving them crackers, Gatorade, looking past their own interest and looking to others' interest. Finally, we learned to, learned to forgive each other. 
when you're around 20 people during the week on a trip, there's going to be tension. There's going to be fights. We saw it with kids. We saw it with leaders. But the great thing was uh, we were reminded of that verse in Proverbs 27:17 that says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We sharpen each other. And as the director of Urban Promise, uh, one of the directors said to us, when iron sharpens iron, sparks are going to fly. You're going to have tension. You're going to have hard times. But it's what you do with that. See, we learn to forgive each other. We learn to uh, move on. We modeled what the Christian life not only needs to look like in Honduras, but needs to look back here. I guarantee that all 20 of us who came back are different and hopefully transformed in a lot of ways to live our lives more intentionally, to understand that this message of the cross matters daily. Fueled in the cross, moving to bring God's kingdom values in the world, moving toward each other. This brings us out of stagnation and moves us into the life of following and moving toward Christ. So what about you? Has your faith more been like a set of rules or beliefs or trivia that does not impact your daily life? Or are you you participating in the movement of following Christ? This kind of faith brings us into a dynamic relationship with the living God who gets us up off the couch and gets us out into the world to share this message of hope and salvation with others. It brings us into full participation in bringing the sustainable, eternal kingdom values to the whole world, locally, regionally, and globally. The good news is you don't need to work harder or try to be a better person to make this happen. But the bad news is it's going to cost you dearly. You see, all you need to do is surrender your life. Remember Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. That doesn't mean he's going to kill you, but he's asking you to give you his life, to let you have control, to submit to his will, so you can have eyes to notice people, so you can have a heart to carry other people's burdens, and you can have the compassion to forgive others, so we can be effective witnesses to share this message with the whole world. There's a great passage I love to give in uh, sermons, and it's when Moses, it's his, uh, it's his dying words as he's making a covenant with his people and about to pass the baton off to Joshua to lead the people in the promised land. And he says this, and I believe these words speak to each and every one of us this morning. This day I call the heavens and earth as witnesses against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. The message today is one of life. It's not one of stagnation. I encourage you, all of us here, to choose life this day, to choose the message of the cross, to deliver that message to others, and to draw near to each other as we corporately live out this message as a church. As a church, When we do this, we'll become a missional church. You see, a missional church is a church in movement. It goes and makes disciples all over the world, locally, regionally, and globally, as I said. That trip we took with the youth was a microcosm of what our lives in Christ should look like every day. Let's put this into practice so we cannot be stuck in stagnation and be disconnected from God and each other.
Our church is a beautiful church here, but we don't want it to be a museum of things, great things we did in the past. Instead, we want it to be a sending place where we launch people out into our communities and all throughout the world to share this message. There's a blog uh, by a, a Christian named Carrie uh, Newoff that uh, Sylvia shared with me recently, and it said that a healthy church has a sense of urgency. It realizes that every Sunday is important, it's vital, because this is the sending ground so that we don't live stagnant lives. A house of life that launches people out into the world. I know that's what I want to be about. I think we're, we're getting that and we do that, but let's do more of that. Let's spur each other on so we can be effective at sharing this message with the whole world. Switchfoot has a great song called Dare You to Move. And basically the gist of the song is, get up, go live out your faith. Today is a new day. It's a new and a fresh start for everybody. Let's live the Christian faith out. Let's move. Let us pray. Lord, help us not to settle into a life of inactivity when it comes to our faith. I pray that each of us would give our lives to you today. And that today we would leave this place different with a life that's ready to move and to share. A life that sends out the message to other people. Fill us with your Holy Spirit so we have the ability to do that both individually and corporately. In Jesus' name, amen.